0: Do you want to go back to the way things were before COVID? I don't. I don't want things to stay the same, but I don't want things to go way they, back to the way they were. Because I would say, in general, if we look at how things have been in roughly the past year, a lot of what we already knew statistically has been proven true. And I'll point fingers towards what I know, which is the Catholic faith. And a lot of the numbers that are uh, very appalling or very staggering or even, I don't know, gross, are very real by kind of the way we see things are going. So in the Catholic Church, um, I've preached about this before, but we have only 30% of Catholics believe in a core teaching that when they come to Mass and in the tabernacle is Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist. 30%. That means 70% didn't get it somewhere in their faith formation. We also know that only 17% of confirmed Catholics by the age of 23 disassociate themselves with any form of Christianity. So if you're like looking at our grade right now, that's a big fat F, right? So we know that a lot of our efforts simply have not been working. And do you want to go back to that? Or even statistically, I've talked about the amount of people that are dying from alcoholism, the average age actually going down, which is not a good thing, which is actually 34 years old. People are dying of cirrhosis of a liver. Or we know that amongst our teens who are being saturated with social media and all the negative content of, of comparing themselves to others, their suicide rate has gone up almost 140%. Do we want to go back to the way things were? We also know that one of the most beautiful sacraments that's avoided in the Catholic Church is a sacrament of confession, and only 2% of Catholics go at least once a year. Do we want to go back to rejecting grace? Do we want to go back to poor evangelization efforts, poor catechesis, poor liturgy? Do we want to go back to allowing our friends dying of cirrhosis of liver? Do we want to go back to allowing our youth dying of the way, way, way unfortunate reality of suicide? I don't. And I firmly believe... It's because a lot of our efforts have been misguided or not even guided at all. And what I mean by that is a lot of people have never been sat down with and taught how to pray. Just a very basic principle of the Lord. He has Peter and Andrew coming to him in our gospel reading, and he's leading them into relationship. He's leading them. So maybe just ask yourself, has anyone ever sat down with you, I'm not talking about TV, I'm not talking about podcasts or radio stations, but has anyone ever sat down with you and taught you verbatim how to pray or a way to pray? Most people, if it wasn't COVID time, would not be able to raise their hand. They were taught rules and regulations about the faith, but they were never taught about the beauty and the relationship that prayer is And Pope Benedict XVI, he says prayer is oxygen for the soul. Prayer is oxygen for the soul, and that would quite literally mean that our world is suffocating because people aren't praying, especially if you've never been taught how to pray, then why would you, right? And a lot of us have maybe a little bit of embarrassment. We don't want to be the person to lead prayer because we don't know how. And we're too prideful to admit no one ever taught me. That's where I was at one point in my life. Maybe you've been there. Hey, why don't you lead prayer? Hey, why don't you lead the rosary? Why don't you lead the meal prayer? And we say, no, no, no. So and so should do it because they're the head of the household or they're leading this event. And really the honest, honest thing is that I don't know how. And then our, if we've never been taught how to pray, our prayer sounds unlike what we heard in our first reading from Samuel Samuel says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I think for a lot of us, because we've never been taught how to pray or how to listen, our prayer more sounds like, shut up, God, I'm talking, right? You ever sound like that? When you pray, you're like, I think I'm doing all the work here. And that's not what prayer is. So I just want to talk about a few families that I've encountered over the Christmas break and I've encountered this past week that have really impressed me. I want to lift them up a little bit as to what they are doing in prayer. One family I encountered, they, they like to pray the rosary, husband and wife, and they have two children who are three and one years old, and they pray the rosary every single night. And before they pray, they have certain petitions they pray for every, every time. They pray for, for abortion to end. By the way, in 2021, we're already up to 1.5 million abortions worldwide. So that's not good. So they pray for that to end. They pray for all those who struggle with divorce or our tendency toward divorce and the hurt. They pray for an end to the culture of death in general and for people to, be, to fall in love with Jesus. And then what they do is when they pray the rosary, they actually have a booklet that has scriptures in between each Hail Mary that go with the mystery. Some people, when they pray, I'm sure nobody here, but when they try to pray, they get distracted. And what the scriptures do that are associated with either, say, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, or when Jesus was born, or when the Eucharist was instituted, they get confused and distracted. No one here, of course, right? But maybe that's something you can try. Instead of just saying the rosary, you get a scriptural rosary book or you just go online. There's plenty of resources. But that's one thing I've seen a family do to be a people of prayer because they know that their souls need that oxygen. They literally can't live without prayer. Another family I've seen is a family that has spiritual conversations every day at the dinner table. Being able to visit this family, they have like eight kids. And they're all unique in their own way, but you can definitely tell mom and dad are putting a lot of effort into talking to their children about holy and spiritual things. And the kids talk about the lives of the saints. They talk about different things that are going on in the world, and they bring it to prayer at the dinner table. Jesus often encountered people by breaking bread with them, by eating with them, and having spiritual conversations. But also, mom and dad have a firm boundary when things get a little bit out of line, and the kids know. And I've just seen that as a beautiful witness as to how families are praying. So first we have the rosary, then we have prayer at the dinner table. The other one I've I've seen recently is parents blessing their children before they go to bed, and husbands blessing their spouses before they go to bed. Now, when we, had, um, when we had the readings on the feast of Mary, Mother of God, we heard from the book of Numbers, and there's a blessing associated with that, and it goes like this. And this is a prayer that I've heard these husbands giving their children or their wife every single night, and it, said, it goes like this, from Numbers 6, 22 through 27. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. And one time, the father told me he didn't do it. And his little girl got up in the middle of the night and said, said, Daddy, you didn't give me my blessing. I can't go to bed until you give me my my blessing, right? And that's what people of prayer do, because it's very clear that prayer is so important, but also blessing one another. And I'm giving these to you as an option. So when Jesus says, come and see, you know, they say, Peter and and Simon, or Simon and Andrew say, where are you staying, Lord? He says, come and see. We have to open ourselves to prayer, open ourselves to grace, so we have oxygen to breathe. Because without prayer, you and I suffocate. And then we look at the statistics in the world, and it's all full of the F word, fear, right? We see fear everywhere. By raising of your hands, who would like more fear in the world? Who would like more fear in your heart? Unless you want fear of the Lord, right? I don't want any more. I, I think we've had enough of that. And I think it's, an, it's a time now to make sure we get back to basics and mainly being people of prayer. Last thing. You don't have to be perfect to pray. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Some people ask me, how did you come to know the Lord? How did you come to him? Well, I'll tell you what I did when I came to the Lord. I came to him with my sins, and a lot of them. I came to him with an impure relationship. I came to him with a lot of binge drinking in college. I came to him with a lot of gossip. I came to him with a lot of things that would make your jaws drop. And all he did was love me in return And if you know that you're loved, you would desire more prayer every second of every day and you would desire others to know the same. And you would love to bless those around you and pray with those around you so you can remain in that relationship. And then the rules, which would make so much sense to follow to remain in love, are like, duh, (laughs) why wouldn't I do that, right? So what's holding you back? From praying more, or even being humble enough to say, Deacon, Father, no one has ever taught me how to pray. Would you teach me? I know that we would love to. And if you know how to pray and the person next to you doesn't, that means you and I have an opportunity to walk with someone. And the beautiful thing is, my friends, all you have to do is be one step ahead of the person behind you in prayer, you don't have to be a mile ahead. You don't have to be thousands of miles ahead. Just one step. And often what's needed is the Lord needs permission, like he gave Samuel in our first reading today. He needs permission to speak. So when you and I approach the Lord, it's very simple. You can say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And it's very interesting that the word listen and the word silent are spelt with the exact same letters. The word listen and the word silent are spelled with the exact same letters. That means in order to hear him, we have to quiet ourselves. We need to spend time with his word, with the rosary, by blessing others and asking him, what do you want to do? What do you desire to say to me? And most likely he wants you to start with just the fundamental truth that he loves you more than you'll ever know. I often hear the Lord just saying to you, I love them so much. Why do they deny me? Nothing you could do would ever make Jesus not love you. And when you know that love, when you tasted that love, the only thing to do is to ask for more. Do you know how much he loves you? Is it an idea or is it a relationship? why don't we just ask him, maybe in your heart for a moment right now, let's take some silence, just ask the Lord, how much do you love me? And maybe just gaze upon that beautiful cross and you can see how much he loves you. Amen.